0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Continuing formations of the secular with Talal Asad. We are on page 8, Roman numeral number
1: 2. If secularism as a doctrine requires the distinction between private reason and public principle, it also demands the placing of the religious in the space in the former by the secular. Private reason is not the same as private space. It is the entitlement to difference, the immunity from the force of public reason. So theoretical and practical problems remain that call so theoretical and practical problems remain that call for each of these categories to be defined. What makes a discourse and an action religious or secular? Okay. So <clears throat> so distinguishing between space
0: versus reason Okay? So private space is, you know, let's say your bedroom, okay? Private reason is what's going on in your mind, okay, which is very different, okay? And then we'll see also if he uses uh, the other definition for reason, but the point being that with the question of secularization or secularism, the most fundamental question is, okay, well, what is religious, what is secular, right? This really becomes relevant for us in defining Islam, because a lot of this relates to modern Christianity, Mm -hmm. right? Especially in the sense that modern Christianity does not have a political side to it officially, even though look at the right wing in America, it's very, very political, right? Whereas in Islam, a lot of people are trying to push modern Islam to remove its politics, but that's just as much in
1: the Quran as anything else, Mm -hmm. right? So let's see. A book entitled The Bible Designed to be Read as Literature, published in England before the Second World War, has a format that does away with the traditional double columns and numbered verses, and through modern page layout and typography, aims to produce the effect of a continuous narrative with occasional breaks for lines of poetry. As the introduction explains... Although a great part of the Bible is poetry, the poetry is printed as prose. The prose, on the other hand, instead of being printed continuously, is broken up into short verses and arbitrarily divided into chapters. The Bible contains almost all the traditional types of literature. lyric poetry, dramatic and elegiac poetry, elegaic elegaic poetry, history, tales, philosophic treatises, collections of proverbs, letters, as well as types of writing peculiar to itself, what are called the prophetic books. Yet all these are presented in print as if in the original they had the same literary form. Mm -hmm. The changes in layout certainly facilitate a reading of the Bible as literature. But as the passage quoted implicitly, implicitly acknowledges, literature has an ambiguous sense. At once, art, text dealing with a particular subject, and simply printed matter. Okay,
0: so this will, this will uh, be addressed more in just a moment, but think about this. So the Bible <coughs> is a collection of all different types of writing, but if you open up King James, it's all two columns, mm-hmm. right? And so imagine the Qur'an the same way, right? Uh, imagine uh, if we looked at the Qur'an according to how the surahs are. That would be actually an innovation, not in the sense of a bid'ah, because if you look at our oldest copies of the Qur'an, it's all just completely written out. But that's not the primary Qur'an. The primary Qur'an is what you're reciting. Right?
1: What, do you, what do you mean <coughs> it's completely written out?
0: So if you look at, like, uh, Uthman's Qur'an, uh-huh. right? It's all just written out, out I, 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 uh-huh. right? Whereas There's he, no
2: division between surahs.
0: So there, there's a, a very basic division between surahs. Uh-huh. But what I'm saying is that the, the styles of writing... In the Bible, uh-huh. like he's saying, some of it's poetry, some of it's prose, uh-huh. some of it's his own style of speaking. Uh-huh. So, if we were to put it on paper properly, mm-hmm. each of those sections should have completely different, uh, completely different formats, ah, okay. right? Okay. And but the second you put it all in the same format, you have already altered it. Mm. Okay. And uh, the second you read the Bible as literature, you've now secularized it, because mm-hmm. now it's no longer. Scripture,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. right? You can still say, I believe that God is the author, so forth and so on, but now you're not reading it like Scripture, because Scripture you read to live, Mm -hmm, right? But literature you're reading to, you know, the way you watch a movie, you might be trying to immerse yourself in the story, but it is a story, Mm -hmm. right? There is a disconnect between what you are doing versus what's on the page. So the second you look at it as a work of literature, it's already secularized. So
2: by, by formatting it in the way they did, they're secularizing it.
0: So just by making it literature, they're secularizing it. Yeah. But then the question becomes, what about uh, how you form it on paper? So we're saying even King James, which puts the entire thing into columns, has secularized the Bible.
1: Mm. So when you said, when, when you're reading it as, as Revelation, you read it to live. Yeah. So, like, I guess what I'm trying to see is, how does that work? Like, so when you, when you see something as, like, from God directly, you, there's, like, this sort of impetus you have to sort of submit to the text? Well, okay, look at
0: it this way. Uh, The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is not mentioned very often in the Quran.
1: No. Correct? Why? Uh, I would say, maybe, um, Just, I mean, one, one, one thing you would say is just so it's like a relational, where what does like mean? someone who doesn't really have the historical context of how the Quran was revealed, perhaps, like, and if the Quran got to them somehow, they would still, you know, they wouldn't be thrown off by, by a specific context. They would say, this is for the Arabs. But it's, I mean, but it's in Arabic, so it's still, yeah. yeah. And it says
0: over and over again that it's in Arabic. Yeah, right. I don't know, man. Because the Prophet, peace be upon me, is still a character in the Quran. But... But he's not mentioned. Sorry? When he's not mentioned. But he's mentioned with you. Right? So now think about this. When you're reading the Quran... Okay? Mm -hmm. No. When the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reciting the Quran, he's a character with the Quran, if that makes it easier to understand. Okay? So the Quran is including him as a character. Okay? Okay. Right?
1: Um...
0: By virtue of his being.
1: So his... Is that, sorry. So would you say then he's tied to the story of the in that way? Sure. Okay.
0: But what I'm trying to distinguish between how we... I mean, it's kind of in how we often look at the book itself. Um, so, you know, when you're watching uh, a movie, like this one you guys were just talking about, mm-hmm. right? This this Japanese movie. You guys are not characters in the movie. No. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um so, if you are to read the novel of the book, even if it transforms your life, you are not a character in the novel.
2: Oh, so the, the Prophet Sallallahu not mentioned in the Quran by name because it's not, it's meant to um, bring you into the experience. Okay. Right, so you're Keep not, on. it's not something to be read and then left, uh, it's not something to just be observed. Yeah, oh. it's like, not a story to be observed, and you mm-hmm. read about the prophet. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is but you're, okay. you're you're reading the you're living the experience of the prophet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so when mm-hmm. you Read the Quran. So, and and so you know, like with movies, we talk about the fourth wall. You know what that means? Yeah. Right. So that's how the Quran is also working. Like with a movie, if you're breaking the fourth wall, you're kind of like moving beyond the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how the Quran works too. It says you. Yeah. I mean, that's literally, uh, or here, let's even shift it. Who's speaking in Al fatiha you alone we worship. Who's speaking?
1: We are. Yeah. Whoever is reciting it is speaking. Yeah. mashallah
0: well, uh, right? Yeah. So that means I am a
1: character
0: in the Quran in the without being written in any single one of the words.
1: Uh, so, so that's why the prophet. So then, that's why the that's prophet isn't directly mentioned is because you can be in that place as well. Well, so in then some, what happens?
0: What then happens is that the prophet is in that place. So when the prophet persona mm-hmm. is reading it or is reciting as far as we would understand, the Quran is speaking directly to him. Mm -hmm. When you and I are reading it, the Quran is speaking still to him. Or it's speaking to us through him. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because for the Prophet, peace be upon him, he is having the revelation, uh, uh, what's the word, deposited into him. Mm -hmm. With the words coming out of Ziyahs. Right? A lot of times the way we think of it is, okay, Angel Jibril is giving him the paragraph of ayahs, and then he is repeating it. Okay.
1: But in fact it's, coming but it's being, being
0: placed in him, mm-hmm. permanently. Okay. So that it becomes part of his being. So in the way, if I, if I eat some food, that becomes part of my whole system, that's what the Quran is, is with him. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that it is, with him, it's the most direct influence because it's literally being deposited in him. And so, <clears throat> when you and I are reading the Quran, we, it's, we want, we try really hard to read it the way we read other books, which is why no one can ever answer the question, you know, what's the first command, second command, third command, right? The one that I always, the question mm-hmm. that I always raise. Yeah. As opposed to looking at it as a book that should be lived, which mm-hmm. makes me a character in the Quran. So, Surah Yusuf, at one level, is about Yusuf alayhi salam. At another level, it's about the Prophet peace be upon him, right? He's receiving this writer. If he gets rejected in Taif, and the story becomes very similar. And then another level, it's me,
1: mm-hmm,
0: with the Quran, or with the Prophet peace be upon him, and you can even say the Sahaba added. But the key point is, look at yourself as a character in the Quran. And
1: this is this is kind of similar to what I remember out Alkarim Nadwi saying. He was like. A lot of people, when they come to the Quran, and maybe this might be what you were talking about, how we read it like a normal book, we want to sort of project, like, our sort of ideas Mm -hmm. onto the book, and he's like, he's like, one of the reasons the Arabs were so changed by this book is they came to it completely impoverished, Uh and the book changed them instead, Mm -hmm. where he's just like, like, let the book sort of, he's, I think the point is he's like, let it change you versus you trying to project your ideas on it, and sure, say sure. something you haven't.
0: Yeah, I'm saying something slightly different where I'm basically saying you are living inside the Quran. Oh, okay? okay. And, I mean, I have to figure out a better way to, to, to explain, Inshallah. Um, someday, someday, uh, uh, I will, Inshallah. Um, and this becomes apparent right from the way Al-Fatiha is, right? Because mm. Al-Fatiha mm. is me speaking to Allah, mm. right? And so, so I mean, it, in a simple sense, we're talking about embodied literature okay. that you're embodying it. The second, you turn the Quran into <clears throat> a, a book that you study for literary qualities, mm-hmm. you have secularized it. Yeah. Right. So, even you know, like so, take for example Noman's approach, mm-hmm. right, which he's taking from Farahi, Islahi, and such, which is to look at the structure of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what is his appeal for so many people? It makes people feel good about themselves, mm-hmm. right? but how much of that is application, mm. right? So it's actually a secularized approach to the Quran. Because you are breaking it off from your practice of it.
1: Mm. Wait, wait, wait. How is he... How is, wait, wait, I don't, okay. I don't know what he's
0: doing. So <coughs> for almost the entire history of Islam, yeah. you don't see as much focus on the Quran in terms of literary value.
1: Oh, okay, I get it now. So the way he, he's, he's sort of explaining the Quran is through that lens? Yeah. And that's secularizing it yeah. to some level. Okay, okay. Because
0: it's not practice anymore.
1: So then how, what would be What would be doing it in that ideal way that you're talking about? So it would include way? practice. So how would, like, I guess I'm trying to picture that. Like I guess it would include practice. So how, how would, like, let's say, how would you shift his approach to include that?
0: Um... I would probably require um, students to actually practice particular things in the Quran, as opposed to lectures, right? Lectures, here's what the Quran is, here's what the Quran is, here's what the Quran is. Using Nomana as an example, because it's the most classical version of this, or that's not the good word, it's the most iconic version of this, Mm -hmm. but most of the lectures in the Quran are exactly the same thing. You're secularizing it. If I'm reading towards understanding the Quran, I've secularized the Quran, I'm just reading it for meaning.
1: Would you say that about an tafsir then?
0: Um, potentially. Because tafsir is not written to be practiced. So in terms yes. of how we're defining secular. Now keep like, mind, I'm not saying secular is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm defining secular for you. So when you are in front of... Oh, okay, okay. you okay. yeah, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> secular is bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not the issue. No, one's bad. <laughs> no, no, I'm defining what secular means. Uh. So if I'm in front of the Kaaba... Okay. And I'm praying. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm 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 living the religion. Yeah. Right? If I'm taking a selfie in front of the Kaaba, I've secularized the Kaaba. It's no longer an act of religion. If I have a photo of the Ka- do I have a photo of the Kaaba here? No, in my parents' house they do. If I have a photo of the Kaaba, mm-hmm. that is a secularization of the Kaaba, I've now made it worldly. I've not made it something that is related to my ibadah, something that is made to my practice, something that is related to the other world. Give it time. What if we'll you see.
2: have a picture of the Kaaba on your Janama?
0: Uh, that would be a secularized secularization of the Kaaba. That's even worse. No, I mean, not worse. Again, we're, no, not, saying sec- they have, they we're not saying secular is bad.
2: No, no, they have it on Janama. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> but
0: almost it, isn't every Janama I grew up with had, had the Kaaba the and Majanavi, or yeah. Yeah, the Kaaba and the Turkish, whatever, yeah. Right. No, yeah.
1: My, my whole thing is I'm not, like, I know you're saying that's not bad, but I can't help but see it, like, negatively.
0: Yeah, because that's how we look at the word secular.
1: No, not even secular, because you're telling, like, you know, when the way you described it. I mean, I, I may, it probably is that way as well, but I'm just saying, like, the way you described it, and you said, not, now, like, the Kaaba isn't for that, you know.
0: That right there. Sabakun, Sabakun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the secularization of the ayah.
1: I, have made. I know, like I and I, like yeah. that's the thing. When you say that, like I can't. Give me a better. No, word. It's my head is not Like I'm. I get what you're yeah, yeah, saying, but yeah. it's just it's hard not to see that negatively. Like it, for me, you know what I'm saying. I feel yeah. like yeah, it's...
0: I don't see this as negative. Yeah, that's I see what I'm it saying. as a like, classification. I, I feel
1: like it's hard for me to like not see it negatively. I don't know, if and I, I know I shouldn't, but it's yeah. just like, yeah.
0: like Or then give me a different word for it. if you understand everything that I'm saying, where I'm using the word secular. See if you can come up with a different word. Not immediately, but whenever.
2: Dang. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Cause like it's um, it it gives the same feeling. And I'm not saying it's the same thing, yeah. right? But it gives the same feeling when someone's driving and they're like, "Oh, I have like Ethel Corsey in here." Yeah, like, it's, it's hanging
0: on a CD. Right. Secularization.
2: And I'm just like, yeah, that's not gonna. That's not the point. Like, if
0: I the- have that to remind me to recite it, then it's different.
1: Right. But then what about? So would you say a Taoist is secular?
0: Um. If it's a decoration if it has a function
1: no okay man that's a, that's yeah. a fine line uh-huh. it's a very fine uh, line
2: so artwork with the quran like calligraphy
1: if
0: its point is is ornamentation like what that is what that is what that is yeah this is secularization
2: that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. so the hagia sophia yeah. Um, gets converted from a uh, Roman pagan temple mm-hmm. to a church, mm-hmm. to a masjid, mm-hmm. to a museum. Mm-hmm. Second became a museum, it got secularized. You get that, right? Yes. But it's still 100% physically a masjid. Good.
2: Yeah, nothing changed about it physically. Yeah. Dude, they don't do
1: prayers there? No. Uh,
0: they have a member, uh-huh. but it's, uh, it's now its function has shifted to something worldly. When I walk in, maybe it helps me in my relationship with Allah because of its beauty and vastness. Mm-hmm. But that is no longer its purpose.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. I, right, right. Because it's not something, it's not for a lived reality. Yeah. Right? It's just for like something yeah. to observe and enjoy.
0: And so, when we speak of secularization of society, we're just saying that it used to be that all of society using the word culture or religion, whatever word you want, they were referring to the same thing, it was all-encompassing. Okay? Now, specific parts of your life are religious.
1: Whereas before they were all-
0: Yeah. Whereas everything is now secular. So much is secular, except for small things.
1: So I, have a, I have a sort of follow-up question. Yeah. After you said the Hag- Hagia Sophia and, yeah. and the chains, for its purpose isn't, you know, religious yeah. anymore. And I got the Noman part, but I just... So, when he's given a lecture, like, isn't that a religious purpose for him to talk about? Is, it, is it an
0: act of ibadah?
1: It could be, potentially.
0: Okay. And it, potentially.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Because then we can say that's an act of ibadah, too. Having having these eyes up here. Yeah. Right? And the fact that I put the eye above everything else. Yeah. Right? Um, so, there you can say it's fine line-ish. Yeah. But the point being that, uh, or let's rephrase it: uh, I would still suggest not what Noman is teaching, but what a lot of people are seeking, whether they realize it or not, is pious entertainment. Ah,
1: uh, okay. That that might okay. okay right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that, that's not Noman's intention, but no, no, like no, what no. people are We're getting We're talking about from the it. work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. That's, why how things are, no? that's why I'm speaking. That's
0: why I'm speaking of reading towards understanding the Quran. Uh, right. That people don't realize. No one's going to open up, you know, Tafim al-Qur'an saying, I'm seeking entertainment, right? Um, But they're going to read through, and what did they acquire? Information. Information more than anything else. Whereas Maududi, and this is probably a better way to put it, Maududi, like Noman, Allah knows best, but uh, is trying to get you to become a better Muslim.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, But... Uh, I'm suggesting the vast majority of people who read the female Qur'an are already at a status in their Islam mm-hmm. and are probably not actually going up. Mm. Right. They're consuming.
1: Mm. Good time. Sense. Instead well, of, instead like of, consuming instead of giving? Consuming
0: okay. instead of embodying. Oh,
1: okay. Is this, the, I think this is what you, you talked, you, you spoke of earlier about, like, a lot of Muslim groups... Whether yeah, you tend like to plateau culture. or something after,
0: I mean, maybe, maybe. Well, let's see how let's see how you define okay. this some more. Yeah, but this is a really big uh, important concept. Okay, if the Bible is read,
1: if the Bible <coughs> is read as art, whether as poetry or myth or philosophy, this is because a complicated historical development of disciplines and sensibilities had made it possible to do so. Hence, the protest the introduction makes to the effect that a concern for literary reading is no derogate no derogation of its sacred status. And indeed, to make a rigid division between the sacred and the secular is surely to impoverish both. Is itself a secular expression of the text's malleability? You want to try to translate that? That whole first uh, part of the paragraph? I have to read I can translate the second Okay, read the next sentence. An atheist will not read it in the way a Christian would. Okay. So,
0: an atheist will not read the Bible the way a Christian would. Okay. Um, I have had many, many um, professors over the years of Islamic studies who will have ayahs of calligraphy on their wall. Okay. And it is probably fair to say that the meaning of it is different for me than the meaning for, of, for them. right? So I could even give this to to a professor right now. And the meaning for them may be more ornamental than it is for me. Right? But, take this one over here. La ilaha illallah. It's probably sold in a market. And so, as far as they're concerned, I mean, their, jug, their goal is to sell it. Mm-hmm. Whoever it is, buys it. As opposed to, I want to make sure only a Muslim has it. Okay? Because this is the word of Allah. Mm-hmm. Hey, think about it. But, okay. So So, what we're saying about... Uh, okay, well, let's read the whole paragraph, but I'll keep it broken.:
1: Is this text essentially religious because it deals with the supernatural in which the Christian believes, either a text divinely revealed or a true re- record of divine inspiration, or is it really literature because it can be read by the atheist as a human work of art? Or is the text neither in itself, but simply a reading that is either religious or literary? Or possibly as for the modern Christian, both together. That is also the case with the Quran.
0: That for, <coughs> for the modern Muslim, the Quran is a work of religion and a work of art, right? Whether we speak of calligraphy um, or whether we speak of the layout, the way Nawan speaks about it, right? At the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, we're saying there's no distinction. Okay. It's all just one.
1: Okay. No? Man, I gotta, this this reminds me of. Uh, yeah. a, it reminds me of an article I think it was a Mark Manley or someone wrote along these lines about like how he said he's. It's funny that he said something to this effect where. He said in pre-modern uh, Islam, more than a lot of religions, I'm maybe yeah. you can disagree with this, he said it's retained, like, it it's it retained a lot of that sort of religiosity still, where a lot of the <coughs> other religions, they, mm-hmm. they, they you know, the profane and the secular have been, you know, they've mm-hmm. been separated into that, mm-hmm. where Islam has, mm-hmm. is, you know, like, had that. Also, I think, what's his name? Shadi Hamid mentions his argument. too really? Like, that's why Muslim, politically he says, that's why you're not going to get Muslims to change a lot of things, because... You know we're unique in the sense that we believe that this is literally like divine speech. Mm-hmm.
2: So he he quoted that historian. I forget. In his it. article, I forgot the name of the guy. He said. Uh, he the the historian said the spiritual unity of the Muslim ummah requires political expression.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Right, and that's an idea that like Muslims have. Yeah. So the political sphere is tied or like. It's tied to a metaphysical reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I think this is the other one where he's talking about the Quran itself. Like, well, you know, where like, a, you know, you get this from a lot of, like you said, a lot of sort of people. Some from coming from a Western uh sort of a philosophical viewpoint, they sort of want to project what happened to Christianity on Islam. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember this reading. This guy debated with dark Ramadan once. He's like this Moroccan guy, but he grew up in France, or he's a Tunisian or something and he's like this, you know, secular writer, novelist, and he's like, you know, Islam needs to modernize. You guys need to, like, mm-hmm. look what happened to Christianity. Christianity did it, you can do it too, you know, and Shadi mean, I mean, he's not talking about this, but his point is one of the things we, like, it's going to be hard, like, it's going to be incredibly hard for you guys to do this Islam is because it's not like the Bible where you can't do, in some sense, I mean, you said it's already happening, but in some sense you can't do that at a very core level because... Yeah we literally believe that's the word of God. Like, that's God talking, mm-hmm. you know?
0: I suspect <coughs> it would have been much harder with the Bible if it was never translated, or if they kept the original language,
2: mm.
0: right? Yeah. Uh, because once they've changed the language, they've actually literally changed the shape of it. Yeah, that, the text right? changes, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that might be one reason. And then on top of that, the language from the, from the Old Testament all the way through the Book of Revelations is the same language. Hebrew Bible is Hebrew, mm-hmm. right? New Testament is Greek, mm-hmm. and so that's also been reformed.
1: Yeah, uh, the, just the fact that it went from Hebrew to Greek changed a yeah. lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> uh, for over the last two or th- right, is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. For over the last two or three centuries, it has become possible to bring a newly emerging concept of literature to the aid of religious sensibilities. This is Noman right there. Uh, however, until someone decides this question authoritatively, there can be no authorized allocation of what belongs to private reason and what to a political ethic independent of religious belief, a public ethic that is said to be subscribed to for diverse private reasons, that thus becomes little more than rationalizations. Okay,
0: so that last part's a little bit harder to understand. Essentially, what are we saying here? I mean, you feel like you're getting, little by little, you're getting a better sense of what we're talking about in terms of secular versus religious. Mm-hmm. So, those pieces of calligraphy can aid my religiousness by mm-hmm. putting me in a certain consciousness or awareness, mm-hmm. right? But the actual function of those ayahs, I have changed the, changed the usage. right? Oh, okay. and, and so, recitation of the Quran is ibadah, categorically ibadah. Right? Uh, it is not ibadah to put Quranic calligraphy. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. So, but I mean, we've been doing that for historically for a very long time. There's, but again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No, 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 I'm not said. saying it's a bad thing either. so, yeah. I'm just saying, like, a lot of times people see sort of secularization as something very modern. Mm -hmm. So would you say we've been secularizing some aspect of our faith for a long time? I mean,
0: so, I'm saying yes, and so part of our challenge is to figure out, okay, how does all this stuff apply to Islam? Right? Uh Most of what we really talk about secularization, what are we really talking about, when you have a society, the institutions that were run by the church are no longer run by the church. That's from the big aspect. Mm -hmm. But there's these different changes of function that we've done, where we've taken something and made it worldly.
1: Uh, Let me pursue this point briefly with reference to what is described in our media and by many of our public intellectuals as the Islamic roots of violence, especially since September 2001. Religion has long been seen as a source of violence and for ideological reasons, Islam has been represented in the modern West as peculiarly, peculiarly so, undisciplined, arbitrary, and or singularly oppressive. Experts on Islam, the modern world, and political philosophy have lectured the Muslim world yet again on its failure to embrace secularism and enter modernity and on its inability to break off from its violent roots. Now, some reflection would show that violence does not need to be justified by the Qur'an, or any other scripture for that matter. When General Ali Haider of Syria, under the orders of his secular president Hafez al-Assad, massacred thirty to 40,000 civilians in the rebellious town of Hama in 1982, he did not invoke the Qur'an, nor did the secularist Saddam Hussein when he gassed thousands of Kurds and butchered the Shia population in southern Iraq. Ariel Sharon and his indiscriminate killing and terrorizing of Palestinians did not, so far as is publicly known, invoke passages of the Torah, such as Joshua's destruction of every living thing in Jericho, nor has any government and rebel group, whether Western or non-Western, needed to justify its use of indiscriminate cruelty against civilians by appealing to the authority of sacred scripture. They might in some cases do so because that seems to them just or else expedient, but that's very different from saying that they are constrained to do so. One need only remind oneself of the banal fact that innumerable pious Muslims, Jews, and Christians read their scriptures without being seized by the need to kill non-believers. My point here is simply to emphasize that that the way people engage with such complex and multifaceted texts, translating their sense and revelance, is a complicated business involving disciplines and traditions of reading, personal habit, and temperament, as well as the perceived demands of particular social situations. Okay, so what is he saying in this paragraph? He's saying that violence isn't exclusively a secular or religious thing, as it's painted. Yeah, and
0: and so, commonly when people, so-called experts, speak about Islam, will say that, okay, violence is something problematic about Islam, right? But he's using all these examples of, of indiscriminate violence by people with no um, reference to scripture, as far as we know. And not only, they were not limited to quote scripture. So even if they quoted scripture, it's probable that, okay, scripture at best was an excuse, not a motivation. Right?
1: This is funny, I shared this with these guys. This is very similar to what, what he's talking about here. I think uh, what book is this? Mark, I don't know, what Mark Manley shared is it. talking about the myth of religion.
0: Well, I, actually, I argue that in what are called Western societies, they tend to create a transcultural concept of religion that is essentially prone to violence is one of the foundational religions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's like similar to
1: what he's talking about? Yeah,
0: I mean, um, the point is similar. We're speaking from from a secular perspective. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying, Most violence is secular Mm. here, right? That's the key point.
1: Yeah, like, it's interesting how that's framed, like, reading this and reading that, too, because a lot of times, our general, a lot of secular societies have, have like, made violence essentially a religious thing, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's, like, religious fanatics or people who are, you know, even, like, people who are in the cults or whatever, right? But state violence is never seen and shown as that. It's never Mm -hmm. shown as, like, you know... Like, it's neutral Mm -hmm. or it's necessary, but it's not like there's no fervor about it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not, like you said, there's not that passion about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very Mm -hmm. sort of rational. It needed to be done Mm -hmm. and we did it. Or, you know, the same way, like, we have casualties of war that happens. You know, with no mention of the actual brutality Mm -hmm. of the incident. But if it's religious, it's like these fanatics or, you Mm -hmm. know, zealots and stuff.
0: If it's the other
1: side. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly, if it's the other side. Yeah. Where if it's us, it's like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. The present discourse about the roots of Islamic terrorism in Islamic texts trails two intriguing assumptions. A, that the Quranic text will force Muslims to be guided by it, and B, that Christians and Jews are free to interpret the Bible as they please. Okay, for- so you,
0: you, you see that, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is a very, very interesting point. People get surprised... A lot of times people assume all Muslims are religious. Yeah. Right? All Muslims are pious. And then, you know, I don't even know how to respond to that except to say, why? Right? As though the Quran is somehow alive and forcing Muslims to be guided by it. (laughs)
1: Loki, that's kind of I get it he's making that point but Loki, that's like I'm like is is it though no (laughs) no I just feel like you know no I guess maybe it's the team team thing you're talking about you told us about yeah because most Muslims aren't they're not but I just I I think I think what you're referring
2: to is most Muslims do see a um, inviolability yeah something in the Quran that can't be like changed so to speak or I think but I think, I think that's changing too. I think people are like, oh, it can be interpreted differently. Or I like, think
0: uh, you guys might be limited in terms of the circles that yeah. you run with. Yeah, that there's a whole large population of, for example, Desi and Arab Muslims uh, that, you know, for whom Islam may not even be in their map.
1: No, I I I understand that. I'm just I for me, I'm not even looking at what the yeah. reality is. Yeah. For me, I'm just saying like, <coughs> is this like some part of me is like, is this part of maybe something like more, you no, know, like I, me, like I guess I guess metaphysical where that's maybe the Quran has that sort of in, impression for a reason or something, you know? what I'm saying? Well, I'd know.
0: say a Protestant would probably feel the same way about the Bible. Uh, I mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I guess what I was thinking was in my mind, it wasn't that like. It was that I feel like more, more like it'd be more likely for someone to be like, I'm not gonna believe in Islam, like a born Muslim, than to say, I'm gonna be Muslim, but this text is is written isn't really like God's speech, or it isn't these things.
0: Mm-hmm. That I think is growing, yeah, a little bit. Right. I think right. more
2: people would rather just. I think more people just leave faith. Yeah. Or just or, not or, think about it. Yeah, or don't right. address it than than like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when make they get something like I. I, I to your point, right? Yeah, like, like there, people.
1: Like, are, I feel like I mean, again, this might be the team thing, but people just seem to like, like, especially like you know. Atheists, they seem to attack, like, not atheists, but people who are sort of, uh, they last Christians. They seem to attack the text of the Bible a lot more mm-hmm. in, in v- way more directness than I've seen, like, m- even, like, a lot of the more outrageous Muslims do. I know there's Muslims who do it, mm-hmm. and I know there's, like, a huge chunk of those, but it just seems different. Maybe that, again, that might be the way I think that
0: uh, the main difference is two things. One, the history of the, of the biblical criticism. Mm-hmm. So, in the academy, the whole process of Qur'anic criticism like that is still very, very new. Uh. And the Qur'an is tiny compared to the size of the Bible. Oh. So there's less material to do. Uh,
2: okay. Oh, yeah. we did. I didn't know.
0: Less. I mean, uh, I mean how do we put this? Um, yeah, I mean, the Qur'an is probably not even the size of... It's probably about the size of the New Testament. So, barely even half the size of the Bible. I think it's even less than that. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, they probably just had years a lot longer as far as tradition to do it. So much of it is, you know... It's interesting because a lot of even secular, like you said, secular, non... Even up until, I would say even up until, like, 25, 30 years ago, like... Like people who are huge in in Western literature, secular yeah. literature talk about how much the Bible influenced them as mm-hmm. literature or whatever you know, like mm-hmm. I remember reading a quote from like Samuel Beckett or something saying along those lines mm-hmm. he was just like, "Yes, well, I am you know i he they said he always had a Bible with him, for example, mm-hmm. you know, but this you know he's the guy who wrote that play where it's mm-hmm. just supposed to be a commentary on like religion mm-hmm. and God and you know stuff. what that
0: reminds me of um in terms of Arabic language singers mm-hmm. you will even find. Christian Arabic language singers yeah, 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 yeah. will recite Quran before the performance yeah. to get into the proper maqams. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and I guess that's maybe maybe one of the reasons I was thinking is like, I've heard plenty of Christians like you know, doubt the authenticity of the Bible mm-hmm. or whatever, and I think for Muslims it's like, even the way the Quran is recited is very particular mm-hmm. and preserved. And mm-hmm. It's almost very it. It's. Uh, and I don't know, maybe, maybe the religious experience of the Qur'an and the Bible are different in that sense. I, I think sense. they are different, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. All right,
0: continue. For no good reason.
1: Uh, for no good reason, these assumptions take up contradictory positions between the text and reader. On the one hand, the religious text is held to be determinate fixed in its sense, and having power to bring about particular beliefs that in turn give rise to particular behavior among those exposed to it, rendering readers passive. Mm. On the other hand, the religious reader is taken to be actively engaged in constructing the meaning of text in accordance with changing social circumstances so that the texts are passive. These contradictory assumptions about agency to help to account for the positions taken up by Oh, I'm sorry, these contradictory assumptions about agency to help to account for the positions taken up by Orientalists and others in arguments about religion and politics in Islam. That's a weird sentence. Mm-hmm. A magical quality is attributed to Islamic religious texts, for they are said to be both essentially un- univocal. univocal, their meaning cannot be subject to dispute, just as fundamentalists insist. And infectious, except in relation to the Orientalist, who fortunately for him, immune to, who is fortunately for him immune to their dangerous power. Yeah. Yeah. In right. fact, in Islam as in Christianity, there is a complicated history of shifting interpretations, and the distinction is recognized between the divine text and human approaches to it. You okay. want? Yeah, you want. Those who think that the motive for religious violent, for the motive for violent action lies in religious ideology, claim that any concern for the consequent suffering requires that we support the censorship of religious discourse, or at least the prevention of religious discourse from entering the domain where public policy is formulated. So you
0: see, so <coughs> we categorize them as, as Islamophobes. But what is their ultimate goal? Okay, ban the Quran as though the Qur'an has this magical power that whoever reads it, is it's like the ring in Lord of the Rings. Like, it's just, it's gonna enchant you.
1: Right? Just by... <laughs> Whatever, yo, a I'm gonna give me a
2: look. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I did that meme where the guy's like...
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it is not always clear whether it is pain and suffering as such that the secularist cares about or the pain and suffering that can be attributed to religious violence because that is the pain the modern imaginary conceives of as gratuitous. Nor is it always clear how a religious motive is to be unequivocally identified in modern society. Is motivated behavior that accounts for itself by religious discourse ipso facto religious or only when it does so sincerely. Yeah. But insincerity itself may be insincerity may be itself a construction of religious language. Is it assumed that there is always an unconscious motive to a religious act? A motive that that is therefore secular, as Freud and others have done? But that begs the question of how to distinguish between the religious and the secular. In short, to identify a religious motive for violence, one must have a theory of motives that deals with the concepts of character and dispositions, inwardness and visibility, the thought and the unthought. In modern secular society, this also means authoritative theories and practices, as in law courts or in the hegemonic, discourse of, ne- of the national media or in parliamentary forums where the intentions of foreign friends and enemies are assessed and policies formulated. Okay,
0: so bringing this back to the question of figuring out what is secular. So one of the questions is, okay, is it secular if you're doing it automatically without following scripture? Okay, so that's a questions being raised. But the way to answer is that we're going to have to define then, you know, about how does human thinking work and such. And so, if we're then going to define certain acts of violence as religious, then in the national level we have to go through this process, which obviously nobody does.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, where are we? It would be easy. Uh, where are we doing? The paragraph. Yeah, that was normal. It would be easy to point to innumerable secular agents who have perpetrated acts of great cruelty, but such attempts at defending religion are less interesting than asking what it is we do when we assign responsibility for violence and cruelty to specific agents. One answer might be to point out that when the CIA, together with the Pakistani Secret Service, encouraged armed and trained religious warriors to fight against the Soviets in Afghanistan. When the Saudi government facilitated the travel of volunteer fighters from Arabia to that country, we had an action with several part agents, networks of actors, in an evolving plot. There was no single or consistent motive for that complex action, not only because there were several part agents, but also because of the diverse desires, sensibilities, and self-images involved. But beyond this recognition of agentive complexity... We can press the question further. When do we look for a clear motive?
0: Okay, so think about this. This is such an amazing example. Alright. What was our interest in arming the Afghanis? To uh, undermine the Soviets? Yeah. Yeah, to, so to fight off the Soviets. Was that a secular motive or a religious motive?
1: Secular. Secular.
0: But what were we telling the Afghanis?
1: That it was a religious war. Yeah.
0: So, so the Afghanis are doing something religious. Mm-hmm. But actually, they were being used for something secular, mm-hmm. right? And think about how, uh, th- throughout our community, we often think of Saudi Arabia. That a lot in our community, think of Saudi Arabia as, by its whole existence, is a religious existence. Mm-hmm. So if something's happening in Saudi Arabia, then therefore it's, it's religious. Um, and so this, what I think, is a really... It's a secular re- state. It's a secular things. state with a state religion. Correct. Right? And so, or it's a monarchy with a state religion. right? And But, I mean, if something is coming from Saudi Arabia, uh, for a great many Muslims throughout the world, there would be something that just feels more pious about it, as opposed to it coming from Turkey. Right? And, and, and so this example is so fascinating, because at one level, it's religious, but then wider, those are just puppets for something that is very secular. Right? And it could be that maybe the Saudis or the Pakistanis were also, from their perspective, doing something religious.
1: when we identify an unusual outcome that seems to us to call for justification or exoneration and therefore for moral or legal responsibility as I said above there are theories as to how this attribution should be done the law being paradigmatic here and it is important to understand them and the circumstances in which they are applied in the modern world in brief Although religious intentions are variously distinguished from secular ones in different traditions, the identification of intentions as such is especially important in what scholars call modernity for allocating moral and legal accountability. Okay,
0: so this will make more sense when you talk more about modernity, but so he's saying essentially that, all right, let's look at what is the intention behind an act. Is it religious? Is it worldly? Meaning, is it... Service to the divine, or relate to the other world, or is it worldly, right? And so this is what we're all trying to figure out. Okay. And then we'll see what the next the next section says inshallah. I'm
1: really happy I didn't read this by myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we gotta head over to Juma, so we end it with uh, the beginning of, of Roman numeral three. Subhanakallahumma la ilaha illa anta nasafirikanta tuwileik laikwa da'wanan and rabbi